to Expounded Universe, Season 3, Episode 8. <coughs> the Book, Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina, The Year, 1995. The hosts, Jeff and John. <coughs> Let's go. The myth in the band looked like if the testicle had a butthole on it. Don't fucking try and explain a skater boy to me, okay? The young kids don't care for your jizz. They just want to hang around in their rooms and you're goth. Oh, ball sacks, he says. Welcome to Expounded Universe. It's time for us to do that podcast that we do so well. It's Jeff and John. We're here. We're your hosts. You know us. This isn't your first episode. And it's time for us to talk about books. The books. The great books of yore. Yeah, we're, we're only doing the finest books in literary canon. And that's why, of course, we're doing Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. Honestly, we're open to any book from the history of the of the concept of the novel. And it's merely a coincidence that for three books in a row now, we've been stuck in expanded universe Star Wars fiction. I know. It's real strange. I mean, honestly, the shortlist for this season was Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina and Don Quixote. I know. It was going to be Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantini, Cantina. Cantini. Cantini. Oh, Cantini. Uh, we, we also had Don Quixote, uh, Pale Fire. I think we we're going to do the original Quasimodo, or I suppose the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Well, it's not called that in French either. Whatever the original French name of it is. Some uh, La Hunchback de Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. There you go. I know French. Uh, so <laughs> we had a variety of interesting works from so many authors. And wouldn't you know it, just random chance. Wouldn't you know. Yeah. We got this. Yeah, it was good. It might have been a ghost set of Watchmen, <laughs> I think, was was on the docket. Yeah. Uh, it, it, nope. Tales from the Muzz Eisley Cantina. Yep. I mean, who knows? Next book might just be Master Blaster from when they did those Nintendo books. <laughs> John, do you know the secrets of the Nintendo Masters? I do. I uh, know all of their secrets. Oh, nice. So, but no, this is going to be chapter nine, I think, of, chap- of uh, Star Wars. Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina, edited by one Kevin J. Anderson. And, uh, I mean, technically, it's 9 and 10. Yeah, I thought we'd keep that a surprise, but fine. I guess we're doing two chapters this week, everybody. Nope. You're welcome. What guys, can I say except you're welcome? Guys, we got two chapters for you. We got double the meat for you. <laughs> we're, we're jamming that uh, sandwich full of double meat. I think it's mostly just because I had the foresight to read ahead and note that the next chapter is four pages long. Good. Yeah. Well done, yeah. sir. So thankfully that saves us from having a week where we only had a four page long story to bring to you, <laughs> the listener. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure they all wanted us to do a like 10 minute podcast on a four page book, so that's fine. <laughs> John, let's go ahead and dispense with this lack of pleasantries. How are you? I am so full of sonic food yeah you got a bunch of sonic food you did i did i got burger and tots and i tried their little cine snack things you know i've been to sonic burger with you and without you on a number of occasions now and i've never once had a hamburger there that's uh that's understandable back when the very first time i ever went to sonic Mm -hmm. uh was when i was in florida Mm -hmm. and it was so mustardy like the burger was just dripping in mustard and i was like oh well fuck this place i'm never coming back (laughs) and so until i was in san diego 
and you were like, let's go get big dumb drinks at Sonic. I was like, all right, I'll get a drink at Sonic. That's fine. But I don't want to eat anything there because I hate them still. <laughs> still mad. It was like 10 years of anger about mustard is Folks, what I was it, I don't know if you knew this or not, but John is the titular Florida man. I am. Anytime you read anything about a Florida man doing something, it was me. Yeah, yeah. John's the guy who, who got high on bath salts and then ran into a, a riding lawnmower with his riding lawnmower. Oh, yeah. I yeah. definitely robbed a McDonald's naked. And then when the cop showed up, I asked them for dipping sauce. <laughs> and if they could help you get more bath salts. Yeah, that's me. It's always me. It's always John. Uh, <laughs> the first time I ever went to a Sonic Burger was in Yuma, Arizona. Ooh. A little tiny nothing town that I drove four hours through the blasted desert of, of uh, Eastern California to get to so I could go to a Sonic Burger. And because they wasn't been, everything you imagined. Well, they had been running commercials for it nonstop here in California, and we didn't have any in Southern California at the time. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like there when was they were one. doing that with Dunkin' Donuts, and you're yeah. like, dude, there aren't any here. Stop it. Yeah, there, there is one now. But, but oh, okay, uh, so I drove all the way to Yuma to get one, and when I first looked at their burgers, they had a number one combo and a number two combo. And they've, cha- they've since changed this, but at the time, the number one combo was a burger with mayonnaise, and the number two combo was a burger with mustard. Yeah, no, fuck them forever. And I was like, I can't do this, guys. I'll just have their biggest, loudest, stupidest drink. Yep. And it turns out that's just a regular order. That's just like number three on their menu. Yeah, it's give me your giant, stupid fucking drink. And they're like, yes, sir, that's what we're here for. Indeed. Here's a huge bucket of ice and sugar. Uh, incidentally, we do have burgers. No one cares about it, though. So much so that their new offering is a burger called a slinger that's half mushrooms. Ugh. Like they mix them into the patty. Ugh. That's nasty. That's my, real nasty. That's that's not my jam. I see that more and more on the on the internet right now, where they're like they call it the Impossible Burger or the Perfect Burger or whatever, because you won't notice that there's so many mushrooms in it. Ugh. It drives me nuts that the thing that pe- most people try to do with mushrooms mushrooms all the time is pretend they're not there. Yes, the big thing with mushrooms is everyone's like, well, if you make it like this, you can't even tell it's mushrooms. I'm like. Stop eating them. You don't yeah. like them, obviously. Yeah. If you make it like this, it doesn't have mushrooms in it. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> I can barely taste the no mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. They just taste like the food I cooked them in, which is nothing, because I didn't, because fuck mushrooms. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I got a big old box of fuck mushrooms. <laughs> oh, no. I make a definite exception for fuck mushrooms. <laughs> Guys, can we get some fuck mushrooms in here? All Thank up you. in here. <laughs> can I get some fuck mushrooms up in the headphones? Uh, <laughs> anyway, we got to talk about Jawas. So, yeah, this week is the Jawa tale, which I barely even remembered that there was a Jawa in the cantina. That apparently there is. Yeah, I was like, I guess there's one in there, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so this chapter is of note because it was actually written by Kevin J. Anderson, the editor of the book. Um, he has a tendency to be a little bit on the simplistic and a little bit on the bombastic sides when he writes fan fiction. Yeah, uh, this is my first uh, delving into the K.J. Anderson. Mm -hmm. He's mostly infamous in the Star Wars universe for inventing things like the Sun Crusher or variable size lightsabers that are rainbow colored. Basically, anything stupid that sounds like your little brother made it up in a sandbox is that's in Star Wars is his fault. Yeah, Uh, but in this case, he kind of restrains himself. And it's mostly just a story about a Jawa who's a little different than the other Jawas. I did... Uh, appreciate that Kevin J. Anderson wasn't quite given full reign on this. I mean, the fact that it's one chapter and that it has to fit within the framework of the book, like what everyone else is doing, so you couldn't just be like, "Eh, this Jawa uncovered an ancient artifact and it could blow up the ocean. And you're like, ugh. 
I don't know if he always wants to write that way or if he's told, you know, write a whole novel about a Jedi Academy and he's like, all right, I'll do it. So anyway, the Jedi Academy has 15 new kinds of lightsaber. Oh, yeah, that's my thing is because he could only do one chapter, he didn't have enough time to be get bored with what he was writing and be like, and then a super cowboy shows up and he's got a gun that shoots rainbow beams. Unfortunately, the person he's shooting at has a cloak that prevents him from heat. Wait, it prevents him from heat? Yet. Yeah, 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 yet, <laughs> yet. <laughs> so, but no, he. It's a very restrained chapter. It's it's fun to read, honestly. And it's the tale of Het Nikik. Ah, Het and Kick. So Het and Kick is. Oh, I like that. That yeah. Like that's this. what I was doing in my head because every time he couldn't just say Het. It was Het and Kick. Yeah. Every time, so I was just like Het and Kick flows way better in my head while I'm reading than Het and Kick. Het and a kick is what I thought it was, but now that you're saying het and kick, I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds like either a Jawa or a brand of fine cat food. Yeah, het and kick. Yeah, your cat wants fine het and kick food. <laughs> the number Welcome one ingredient. Het and kick brand cat food. The number one ingredient in our cat food is salmon. The number two ingredient, Jawa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, delicious Jawa. No one knows what they look like, and we don't even take the robes off before we grind them into a fine paste to put into, li- into delicious Het and Kick cat food. Our number three ingredient, robes. <laughs> and not just from Jawas. We've got some Jedi in there, too. And we've got some robes and Pierre's. <laughs> so so, uh, so Het and a Kick, or Het and Kick, is a Jawa who's a little different than the rest of the Jawas who live on his sand crawler with him. Uh, he has dreams and visions, and he thinks that his brethren are a little too soft in the middle now. Why are they so soft in the middle? <laughs> the rest of their lives are so hard. Uh, Where's their wives and family? What if they should die here? Who'd be their role model? Now that their role models are gone? Gone. Gone. They've ducked back down the alley with some roly-poly little fat-faced girl. No, it's a bat-faced girl. I just misspoke. I know it's a bat-faced girl. Yeah, but that's fine. It's fine. It, it, yeah, it's a Chadra fan. Yeah, a little Chadra fan <laughs> ducked down the alley with them. <laughs> How many people who do not know the Paul Simon and, Gar- and Garfunkel song, actually, that, that I'm referencing? No, it's not. That's just a Paul Simon yeah, song. Yeah, that's just Simon. That's just a Paul Simon song. How many people don't know that song and are so confused right now, do you think? Uh, none. Everyone none. knows Every- that song. Okay, good. Literally Every- everyone has memorized that song. Every single person in the world has memorized Bodyguard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or uh, wait. It's you can call, call me Al. Al. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm so tired. All my jokes have one mistake in them. Can All you them. find it? <laughs> <laughs> one of these things isn't correct. Can you find the mistake in Jeff's speech? <laughs> it's not. I'm not just doing like a Drew Carey April Fools episode. No, all these jokes are intentional. Yeah, that's it. That's gotta spot them all. And if you can send in all the mistakes I made on a postcard, you'll win a picture of my middle finger. Yay. I mean, it's not extended or anything. It's just uh, it's, it's it's there. All my other fingers are there, too. I'm not sure why I referenced that one specifically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the Jawa. Our Het and Kick is worried that all of the other Jawas are little bitch babies, and he's he wants to do something more. He gets grumpy that anytime anyone wants anything from Jawas, they just take it from Jawas. Yeah. He's like, look, Jawas are not just historically, but like genetically predisposed to cowardice yes uh, like if someone tries to invade a jawa fort they just sort of let them oh yeah anytime someone wants to do something they're like oh it's time to run away now yeah so we also get a little bit about how jawas see the world and and like what they do it turns out that jawas are exactly what you think they are they're weird little dudes in robes who sell things to random moisture farmers and try to get away with repairing the stuff they sell exactly enough that it'll work long enough to sell it yeah they do have a 
odd predisposition and ability to fix things. Mm -hmm. But they're like, I'm not going to waste any more time than it takes to fix something to the point where it works. Yeah. So this is a... This is the thing that I found fascinating about this chapter, because what's the number one thing about Jawas that you would like to know, John? Like, uh, like if you could have a choice, if you could know one thing about Jawas. How do they fuck? <laughs> yeah, we don't learn how they fuck in this chapter. We don't. And, and I, I'm going along with this. That's exactly right. I wanted to learn how they bone down. What's, what, the, what's the deal? What I need to know is, what are they packing underneath those robes? Exactly. That's the real question is, what the fuck is, what, what's a Jawa under that robe? Is it just two flashlights? What are we doing in there? Oh, yeah. It's just a guy with two flashlights. <laughs> Pretending they're his eyes. Yeah. Turns out it's three elephants underneath that robe. <laughs> Pygmy elephants, they're called. <laughs> Each one no bigger than a fairy penguin. <laughs> they learned how to hold flashlights. <laughs> From the penguins. <laughs> penguins, of course, notorious flashlight hoarders. <laughs> Which, of course, is why we have shot so many and lodged among their flashlighty hordes. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, callbacks. So, yeah, the real question of Jawas is what's going on in there. What do we? What, is it like a little golemy looking thing? What are we? What are we doing? Is no it an orco? Because even when you take a look in the movies or like the costumes, it's just they have a black sheet covering their face because they they didn't have an actual face. It was just the costume. Yeah. So, well, we were. I'm sure John probably here, but I know at least for myself was hoping for from this chapter was what do they look like? Is it a little dog in there? What are we doing? But uh, we don't. We I don't. Mean, we don't get that. I kind of was thinking they wouldn't, just because I was like, "There's no way they're gonna like expose what Jawas look like in one chapter of a random weird book." But then again, it's Kevin J. Anderson. He might have been like, "Oh, it turns out they're all hot ladies in there, just sexy little ladies." Maybe they thought at this point in 1995, they're like, "We can't reveal what Jawas look like because what if Episode Seven is called Star Wars Episode Seven? What Jawas look like?" <laughs> Star Wars Episode One. Here come them Jawas. <laughs> a cavalcade of Jawanade. That's it. That's what it was going to be called. Well, I mean, that was originally the thought for Episode One was going to center around Jawas mm -hmm. for three movies. Yeah, three movies about just Jawas. And then at the end of it, it was going to end with them selling droids to Uncle Owen. Yeah, and one of them becomes Darth Vader. Yeah, they just put the helmet on him. And he's like, oh, teeny, <laughs> oh, teeny. <laughs> Uh, okay, anyway, we do not find out what they look like. We do find out they jabber at each other a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, in their language, which is constantly described as jabbering, but is also Jawaese. Yep, they have Jawaese. Mm -hmm. And uh, in their sand crawlers that are apparently... They're mighty sand crawlers. Super old. Mm -hmm. Like, these are, like, hundreds of years old that they have been dicking around in these giant sand crawlers. Yeah, no, and we even get a history of where the sand crawlers came from and why they're here and why Jawas have them now. Yeah. Which is that there was like a big mining consortium that sent a whole bunch of these sand crawler things to Tatooine to try and mine it, only to find out that there's nothing good to mine there. And I'm like, that's bad research. Well, here's the thing. They send out like an entire mining operation. They're like, all right, this planet is garbage, but I bet you underneath the sand, good mining to be had there. Turns out, no. Uh, Tatooine is just a garbage planet that sucks. It's sand all the way down. Yeah, there's nothing else. It's the core of this planet is more sand. Uh-huh. It's a Jawa. 
It's a Jawa covered in sand, and he's real grumpy about yeah, it. Yeah, he's the eternal Jawa trying to tunnel his way out of the sand, but he can't because of gravity or something. Yeah, well, every time yeah. he tunnels one direction, he starts spinning around, and he goes the other direction. Every time he tries to tunnel one direction, Zane leaves. And he's he gets real sad about it. <laughs> uh, I am hip to the musics of today. Good job. You did it. <laughs> No more Paul Simon jokes for me, no mores. I'm I'm hip to what the kids like, that One Direction, that Justin's Bieber. <laughs> I ain't got no more jokes about no Kodachrome <laughs> or the diamonds in the soles of her shoes or anything else from the hit catalog of Mr. Paul Simon. Mr. Paul Simon. Probably Sir, I don't know. Sir Mr. Paul Simon. I don't know if you can be a knight if you're as short as he is. He's like four feet tall. I think there's a rule. I think they have a little. I think they have like a statue of a knight next to the queen that has a little hand up, and he's like, you have to be at least this tall to be knighted. <laughs> oh come on! I'm sure they've knighted like a penguin or some shit by now. <laughs> I'm sure four turned out to be four penguins. Ah, turned out the queen was actually four fairy penguins <laughs> in the guise of an elephant, <laughs> in the guise of our queen. <laughs> I should have known when she said that we are not amused. Who talks like that? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's a little statue of a knight that's like, you have to be at least this tall. And then, you know, standing near it is Danny DeVito on increasingly convoluted stilt attachments. <laughs> I'm going to get knighted one day, I am. <laughs> I'll trick him into knighting me. Just you wait. <laughs> As he says, standing on two soup cans and holding them on with ropes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, <laughs> the fucking Jawas are... Trying to get to their uh, their swap meet. Yeah, they're going to have a big Jawa swap meet gathering way out there in the Dune Sea. Yeah, apparently this is like right before I guess the storm season. The stor- the, yeah, it's there's going to be a shitload of dust storms, mm-hmm. so it'll be harder to I guess scavenge. So this is the last big hurrah for Jawas each year is that they get together out in the middle of nowhere and they all, they all offload all their crap and try and sell it to each other. Yeah, so. Uh, they're going out there, and of course, our hero, Hettenkick, is mostly just like, you know, these Jawas are such baby bitches, and if they would just get their shit together, we could beat up, like, the Empire or the Sand People or but, whatever. But no one ever listens to me, because I, Hettenkick, am, am a weird little Jawa that no one respects. Oh, yeah. my ideas are too crazy. Like... And it starts out with his crazy idea being that he they should take care of the engines here instead of just jabbering at each other. <laughs> and they're like, oh, hat and kick. We just jabber at each other. That's the Jawa way. We just love jabbering. Why are you even talking to me? I'm your chief, Wimatika. You have to go through a whole list of other Jawas before you get to me. Oh, yeah. The, the fact that the way you talk to the chief of the Jawas is you have to basically send it up a chain like, okay, I've got to send it to middle management, and then middle manage- management's got to send it to management, who sends it to a VP, who sends it to a different VP. Mm-hmm. And then he sends it back down to middle management so they can change the color of it. Oh, yeah. The the chain to get any sort of information from your chief is super convoluted, but Hettenkick doesn't give a shit. He's just like, yo, what up? Hey, chief, listen to me. I'm Hettenkick. Yo, Wimatika, what's, uh, what's the deal with airline food? <laughs> Why, do you have any? I would scavenge it. <laughs> Do you have airline food? <laughs> I could sell that. I'll buy your airline food for this chunk of rusty metal. Ooh, rusty metal. <laughs> uh, so Hettenkick is mostly excited about the arrival of the big Jawa uh, swap meet because he wants to see his old clan brother, Jack and Kick. Ah, uh, Jack and Kick. And I, I was briefly confused here because 
Het and Kick and Jack and Kick, and you're like, all right, they're clan brothers, so Kick has to be like Nkick. Nkick is their is their last is, name. Is their like clan name or whatever? But they got apparently like sold off to different sand crawlers, I guess. Apparently, the species works by assigning different uh, individuals to different sand crawlers, such that there's no inbreeding if they all live together. Because you know they just spend all their time on one sand crawler. Yeah. Uh, but then I was like, okay. So Wematika doesn't have a second name. It's just Wematika, all one word. I was like, so is, uh, is he from a Tika clan and everyone just has one name that ends in Tika? Or I, Who knows? Maybe he, go, he, he got sent to the clan with no name. Yeah, well, I, he's been through the desert. I know. He's been through the desert with the clan with no name. <laughs> it felt good to get out from the I am I am hip to the musics of today. <laughs> Today's music. Yeah. No one's more modern than, what is America. that? America. <laughs> Ah, yes. Ah, now we just need to figure out how to get a sister golden hair joke in there, and we'll, we'll have done the canon. <laughs> uh, All right, but he, un- unfortunately, Jack and Kick is not showing up. Well, they show up to the, uh, the, swap the great swap mat, Yeah, and they aren't the last ones there. They're like, oh, there's still uh, at least one more sand crawler that isn't here, and uh, wouldn't you know it, Het and Kick is... So excited to go see his clan mate. Turns out, motherfucker, not here. Yeah. So his th- their sand crawler, Jack and Kick's sand crawler, is the last one to not arrive. Uh, but you know, Hetna Kick tries to make the best of it, and he spends the day running around this swap meet. Uh, you know, looking at wares and and planning his own exchange of wares because he has his own secret wares squirreled away in his little pouches and red things. Yeah. I mean, I do love the uh the Jawas in this that all of them are just like ooh I love trading and I have little bits and bobbles and I want to get different bits and bobbles and I love it. <laughs> yeah, they're just constantly like I've got this string, I'll trade you for that rock. Ooh, that's a that's a trade up for me. I do need string and I don't ooh. need rocks. <laughs> yeah, it's super great. I'll trade you two sheep for some wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck off. Who has brick? <laughs> oh no, a thief. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in Jawa culture hates the thief. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> Hate him so much. So uh, he uh, uh, he he's running around the the swap meet and he sees Wematika talking to some other clan leader. And ooh, they stink real scared. Like yeah, they they have a specifically scared stink. And we learned that Jawas pretty much spend all their time smelling the stink of everything. Yeah, apparently Jawas smell bad canonically. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody likes the stink of Jawas. They're like Rodians. Yeah, apparently Rodians smell bad at this point. We've, we've pretty much established that either Rodians smell bad or Greedo was nasty. Yeah, but the thing with Jawas is they have a lot of stinks because that's part of how they communicate. Well, yeah. So it, they'll have stinks for like, oh, I'm happy or I'm excited or I am aroused. They sure don't have facial expressions, so they, they have to get something. Yeah. So they use stinks. Yeah, so they, they have various stinks and like being able to... Rather than being like, oh, I'm a good liar, it's, oh, I can control my stink. Stink. Sorry, I've, I've been thinking about that Venture Brothers Sphinx Stinks. Thing. <laughs> Stinks. <laughs> oh, whatever. I thought it was implied. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, he runs around eating roasted hubba gourd and, and generally trying his best to have a good time, but always watching the horizon to see when his friend Jack Nick Sandcrawler will arrive. And eventually... He buys something unorthodox, especially for Oh, we didn't, we didn't talk about what the, the two clan leaders were talking about. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. What are Wimitika and Eat Pata talking about? Well, Eat Pata apparently has information for Wimitika. You see, very recently, a uh, Jawa fortress was overrun by the Tusken Raiders. And, of course, Hetnikik's uh, entire response to that is, 
So, uh, did you like fight back at all or try and do anything? And they're like, what are you, an idiot? Of course not. That's not what we do. We run away and build another fort. We just turned over and showed them our bellies and hoped for the best. <laughs> we wiggled our butts in the air in their direction. Yeah, we mostly just... Not, made, not rudely, invitingly. Made whimpering noises and <laughs> asked them politely to stay for tea. <laughs> we turned real British when them Tuscan Raiders showed up. And as soon as we felt like they were leaving, we started yelling at them. And then when they turned around again, we all went right back to whimpering. <laughs> yeah, so Hettenkick is like... You know, Jawas, there's a lot of us. If we banded together, we could be mighty. And, of course, the two clan leaders are like, Oh, Hettenkick, you're such a dumb piece of shit. Why don't you get out of here? One more outburst out of you, and I'm sending you right to the Hettenkick cat food factory. <laughs> Hettenkick cat food. Now in salmon. <laughs> now in salmon. You can find our cat food inside of salmon. We accidentally dropped a lot of our cat food into the Alaskan rivers and streams. <laughs> when you're cutting open a salmon, look for the... Telltale signs of Het and Kick salmon cat food. Now available in salmon and bears that have recently eaten salmon. <laughs> uh, our number four ingredient is bears. <laughs> Het and Kick cat food. Making cannibals out of bears since 1951. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he's super grumpy about that. Mm -hmm. But while he is going along, a, a Jawa trader is like, hey, hey buddy. Are uh, you Hetton Kick? Yeah, and then he extends to him the formal greeting of the traitors. What's up, buddy? You want to get down? Yeah, it, it's like, it's like, <laughs> do you party? It's like, hey, man, I got rare singles. Do you want to trade? <laughs> hey, man, you want to look at my binder? I've got a foil Charizard. I've got rare singles. You want full art land? <laughs> <laughs> so, Moxes. We got Moxes here. See, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this, this trader is being real shady. He's like, are you the Hetton Kick that they say has weird ideas? And Hetton Kick is just like, uh, yes. Okay, well, I need to ask you one or two more questions to be sure. Are you Hetton Kick, the dumb fucking piece of shit? Oh yeah, obviously that's me. Are you Hetton Kick, the Jawa who smells good, like cinnamon and apples? Oh no, I'm sorry, you've got the wrong Hetton Kick. Ah, I have the right Hetton Kick then. <laughs> I was told that if I find the wrong Hetton Kick, that is the correct Hetton Kick. <laughs> Hetton Kick is a super popular name among Jawas. <laughs> yep. Incidentally, my name is Hetton Kick. Let us trade. <laughs> Let us trade. <laughs> so, turns out this guy is being secretive because he has contraband. Mm -hmm. He's got some sweet Jawa porn. Oh, yeah. You can't see anything, but the poses are very suggestive. Yeah. I suggest you're like there's kind of a lump in that uh, robe there I like Ooh. it I like what I'm seeing it's here. kind of halfway up the body I can't tell what it's supposed to be I don't even know it's, it's coming right out of the back do we, do we have boobs where are they do we what I'm, do I even have a dick I don't know what's going on <laughs> is there anything in this robe or am I just an animate robe I I'm pretty sure this is a this is a Fantasia situation have we been animated to like sweep <laughs> Oh, Hetton Kick getting curious and opening up his own robe. What's in here? <laughs> Opens it up and it's just a broom and then he screams and falls over. <laughs> uh, and then out from the broom peeks four elephants. <laughs> Impersonating a magical broom they were. <laughs> See right through it, of course. I've seen these tricks before in the jungle. <laughs> That's me, Yen Sid, sorcerer. <laughs> uh, so, yes. 
Uh, it turns out the thing that this Jawa wants to sell him is a blaster. A DL-44 blast A DL Hughley blaster. Yeah, it's a DL Hughley original. Uh, the blast tech DL-44, you will know, is, is Han's blaster. Yeah, and he's like, yo, you could have this blaster, and it's probably illegal for Jawas to have this, but... But I have it, and I'm a Jawa. But uh, I don't know about that, because I've been out in the sands for so long. Who could keep up? I love that the person selling it is just like, well, golly gosh, I don't know anything about that, wink. I'm a bumpkin. <laughs> I'm what they call a real sand nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what you call a Jawa Cletus. <laughs> so, of course, I wouldn't know anything about laws. Incidentally, would you also like to bar- buy, uh, buy this jug marked XXX? <laughs> It's a jug full of porn. <laughs> it's empty, but you can use it to make hoot noises. Hoot. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Ooh, that's the only thing I've ever wanted to do is join a washboard band. <laughs> <laughs> ever since I watched Emmett Arter, I always wanted to be part of a jug band. Either that or a nightmare band. <laughs> you one or the other. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, of course, because our little buddy Jetnik or Hecknikik here is super excited about the idea of revenge and payback against those who have wronged the Jawas, he spends almost all of his mighty wares and trade goods, all of his shinies and trinkets, and purchases, and then secrets away. A his blaster. lucky dues and loot. <laughs> Buy, trade, smell. <laughs> uh, Jawas are just grummels in robes. They're just gr- they're just grummels in red robes. That's it. That's all they are. Man, no one likes that Pandaria expansion for World of Warcraft, but. Grummels are unfairly maligned. They were the greatest thing in the world of Warcraft. Grummels, so good. MVP number one. Yeah. Bring them back. Put Grummels everywhere. Give me Grummels. Give me all the Grummels. Grummels on every street corner, please and thank you. There's two Grummels in every pot. Four Grummels pretending to be a fairy penguin. <laughs> uh, the So yeah, he gets the, the gun and he's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to let people know. I'm, I'm a cool badass <laughs> now i've got this gun i don't know what i'm gonna do with it but boy i've got it now i need a good hover skateboard <laughs> i'm gonna be a street punk <laughs> so so he secrets away his blaster and he never finds jetnikik uh there or jetnikik their their sandcrawler does not show up yeah uh people were like he asked around and it was like i don't know man we haven't heard anything from him don't know yeah. why so at the end of the day or the double day uh, they yeah, double dare because they mentioned that they say that it's really really hot under the both the suns that are at the full volume through the yeah, whole you thing. Get that double noon. So after double day, uh, they finally load into their sand crawler and head for home. They're going to go all the way back across the desert to their specific fort where they're going to wait out all the sandstorms. But Hettenkick manages to uh, convince the driver to just take a small detour. To see if they can find Jack and Kick's sand crawler. Yes, and it takes a lot of doing because every time he's like, "Hey, dude, jabber, 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 jabber," and they're like, "No, jabber, 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 <laughs> no, jabba, jabba, yo, gabba, gabba." I pity the fool whose jabba, jabba indicates we should turn in the wrong direction. <laughs> uh, and eventually, they do find it, and wouldn't you know it? That's the one sand crawler that we definitely saw in the movies that got shot up and all the Jawas are dead. Yep, and not only is it that one, but also parked right outside here on a hot Tatooine afternoon is none other than Obi-Wan Kenobi and C-3PO. Now, the Jawas are super excited to see a giant dead sand crawler because, hey man, free loot. Hey, a spare sand crawler. Yeah, everything that that sand crawler was carrying, that's theirs now. Mm-hmm. Plus the sand crawler. 
that's some good shit. That's a great find. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also hanging around outside is Obi-Wan, who has already piled up the bodies of all the dead Jawas and is lighting them on fire. Yep. Burning all them bodies. And uh, he's got R2-D2 and C-3PO with mm-hmm. him. Uh, so the Jawas come out, and they kind of tentatively approach him. I mean, they're not going to do anything to him, but they would like to see what's going on. Well, basically, they're just like, uh, is this old man going to try and kill us because we're Jawas and scared of everything? Oh, sir, do you want our Sandcrawler too? Utini. Uh, so sorry. <laughs> so, but it turns out that he's Obi-Wan, and he's friendly. So he's like, hey, how are you? Hello, little Jawas. <laughs> I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> Have you been good boys and probably also boys? <laughs> then here, you get a sand crawler in your stocking. Uh, 3PO immediately offers to translate in the only line I've, I've seen 3PO get in this cha- in this book. And he pops up and he's like, uh, Ooh, uh, m- might I offer my services as a translator, sir? And then Obi-Wan's like, No, I've spent enough time in this desert. I know how to talk to Jawas. Get fucked. <laughs> Get out of here, C-3PO. No one likes you. <laughs> oh, oh, how terribly unkind. I'm going to go smoke in your backyard full of sand and dead dogs. I I remember the first season of this show. <laughs> uh, so Obi-Wan starts talking to Hettenkick, mm-hmm. and uh, Hettenkick is mostly interested because he's like, oh, you know our procedures for dead people. Like, that's what you're supposed to do is burn the bodies. And Obi-Wan's just like, yes, I know. You, you believe you come from the sand, and to the sand you must return. Quite and hokey. Also, I, be, I, I, I believe you uh, are noble, and uh, you're so good, and I love it. <laughs> also, I'm in the Beatles now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a song about an octopus. My, my accent has just gotten more and more Liverpool as it goes on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joba. <laughs> we got to perform for the people. It's getting to pull up. <laughs> it's just, just going to keep spiraling out of control. Uh, basically, what he does is he explains that it's an M- imperial lie that Tusken Raiders are currently attacking Jawas. That it's Imperials who are attacking Jawas and making it look like Tuscans are doing it. They're trying to start a little factional war between the, the various native races of the planet. Yeah, it'll be easier to settle and colonize if they have the native species killing each other off. Uh, why? They're so rare out there. There's just a couple of Tuscan, a couple of Jawas moving around in sand crawlers. You could just kill them from orbit. Like, oh, all the yeah. Jawas are in these friggin' cars. Not to just mention, target Jawas the cars. don't fight. So yeah. all you're doing is saying, oh, instead of us exterminating the Jawas, I guess we'll try and trick them into being even more afraid of Tusken Raiders? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But then again, it is the kind of thing that the Imperials would do without having done any prior research. Oh, yeah, they just assume. They're like, oh, these are two native species. They probably hate each other and fight. That's what people do, right? Let's, they just fight? They fight and fight. And fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Uh, so basically Obi-Wan's like, don't fall for their lies. It's the empire. The empire wants you to fight each other. I do not. Yes. I see that you're a brave little Jawa. Do you know that courage can be found inside the smallest of people? Or in the barrel of a gun. Yes. You know, happiness is a warm gun. (laughs) Because basically he just sort of looks right at head to kick and, and, in so so many words, this is like, hey, go fuck up stormtroopers. I see that the the Imperial stormtroopers have destroyed the sandcrawler. You know, a Jawa could fuck them up. 
Yes. Real bad if he had, say, a gun, maybe a DL-44, for instance. <laughs> Hidden in his robes, one might say. Who knows? Anyway, I've got to go. Hope you don't do anything rash, like kill a lot of stormtroopers. That would be really cool, though. <laughs> You'd be a super cool dude, and everyone would want to bone down with you. Good day. Guilty of the cool crime of murder. <laughs> <laughs> The coolest crime around. Everyone's doing it. Except for burglary, of course. <laughs> but yeah, he basically convinces Hetna Kick that he should go kill something in, in, in order to gain some prowess as, and respect among his people. Well, yeah. Well, now he's got doubled up anger or tripled up anger because one, he has the story of the Tuscan Raiders just blowing up that fort. He also found a sandcrawler full of dead people, and that sandcrawler was his best friend, Jack and Kick's sandcrawler. I was going to say, that sandcrawler was his best friend? <laughs> you got to well, let me finish the sentence. Well, I guess it was his best friend, but it is no longer his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> now Darvit is his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> best friendship ended with sandcrawler. <laughs> the... <laughs> Well, we I, also get a little flashback here where he remembers hanging around with Jack the Kick. I was going to say, yeah. there is a great story that we need to touch on. Yeah. Which is Jack and Kick and Het and Kick dicking around in Running the through sand. the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Finding lots of scavenge items and bopping them on the, the dome. <laughs> oodle lolly, oodle lolly. Golly, what a day. Yeah. So... I, I, they, Jack and Het are looking for scavenger items, and boy, howdy, did they find something. Yeah, so this is great. Uh, apparently, the two of them, taking a little sand vehicle out on their own for a day of Jawa friend boyhood joyriding, discover some some salvage they can salvage. It's a the bombed-out wreckage of a jet fighter that apparently was shot down over Tatooine and then slammed into the side of a mountain before being buried under a whole lot of sand. Yeah, the jet fighter itself mostly fucked and worthless. Completely oxidized, rusted beyond recognition. However, the pilot is still in there, which was apparently the droid E-522. <laughs> so, this is one of my favorite little connections between the stories we've ever seen. So, E-522, you would vaguely barely remember, if you've been listening to the show along with us, as the droid that gives a message to Figrin Dawn the invitation to play at Lady Valerian's wedding all the way back in Chapter 1 of Tales of the Mos Eisley Cantina. And we get the backstory of him there that really conflicts with what's going on here. So let's, at this point, I'm going to try and, if I could, break down for you the history of what happens with E-522. It starts with, we don't know where he came from in the first place, but but Jabba the Hutt had himself an assassin droid named E-522. Yes. One day... Figrin Dawn was accused by another one of the hangers-on at Jabba's party of stealing some of Jabba's gross little fish frog food things. Yes. Some of that. He had some, uh, some Het and Kick brand cat food. Yeah. Uh, and he it, was like, ooh. It, so Figrin Dawn didn't steal it. And for whatever reason, E522 is like, I saw him, master. He did not steal your gross fish frog. That would be stupid. He no did. one wants that. It's gross and nasty. It wouldn't fit in his little butthole mouth anyway. <laughs> the number five ingredient is butthole mouth. <laughs> so, but for some reason, being told the truth by this assassin droid pisses off Jabba so much that he has the assassin droid slathered in fucking gravy and sent down to the Rancor. The Rancor chews on him for a while. Spits him out. And then they're like, oh, well, this guy's ruined. And they toss him. They leave him. And then someone pulls up quick to retrieve him. Here's, here's the problem. They can't toss him. Because at this point, what happens instead, according to this chapter, is at this point, he is loaded into a jet fighter, which is sent tearing across the sky of Tatooine, which Jabba then has shot down. In, with, and then 
apparently the starfighter that he is in is made of a super quick oxidizing metal. <laughs> yes. He sent up, maybe the starfighter was already all rusty. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was a fully oxidized starfighter that he just like slingshotted out. He just had, a, had the no, Rancor no, throw it. Yeah, it was no like engine thrust or anything. It was just shot into a mountain. <laughs> At that point, he tumbles down the mountain in, in the wreckage of a rusted-out jet fighter. It falls in the sand, and over the course of several months, is buried deep under the sand to be found by these two Jawas, who strip all the weapons off him, fix him otherwise, and then finally sell him to Lady Valerian. Yes. Because this chapter says that they find him in this wreckage, fix him up, sell him to Lady Valerian, and you're like, okay, hold on. How did... What... <laughs> There's yet another final chapter to the story that's going to come along later on in this adventure. But overall, this doesn't make... The life and times of E522, the assassin droid, don't make any goddamn sense now. No. There's... Like, he would have had to have time-traveled at some point, is what I'm thinking. Well, plus the whole thing where Jabba gets so mad at this droid for telling him the truth that he has him fed to a Rancor, then his chunks retrieved, loaded into a jet fighter, which he shoots into a mountain. Oh, yeah. I mean, I assume Jabba would do that. Like, that sounds like something he's like, I'm so bored, let's shoot a droid and a jet fighter at a mountain. <laughs> I've got too much money. We can't keep throwing droids into the Sarlacc. It'll eventually kill it. All right, let's, uh, let's shoot it into a mountain. That sounds fun. That's like when you go down to the tide pools and try to feed a quarter to the sea anemones. You're just being a dick. It's basically like a kid with like little firecrackers, and you're just throwing them at a tree or something. <laughs> so, anyway, the two of them find, repair, E522, de-weaponize him, uh, which tells me that Jawas are now the opposite, canonically, of Ewoks. Yeah. They find things out in the wilderness and strip all the weapons away from them. Yeah, well, Jawas are afraid of everything mm -hmm. and have a innate sense of how to build. So it's it's like they're the good twins of the Ewoks, where the Ewoks are like, oh, I have an innate sense of how to build, but if I find something, I am turning it into a way to kill someone. Yeah, where Jawas will find something that kills people and turn it into a messenger. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just a weird little parallel between the short, toyetic races of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there was ever a war... All the Ewoks would set up all their fighting machines, and then a wave of Jawas would come over them, and they'd all just have, like, baked goods now. <laughs> De-weaponize them. You gotta keep all those Jawas out of camp, or they'll turn all of our cool catapults and rock-slammy sides-of-your-head things into cute, fun things. Yeah. Well, he had this trap where, like, two logs would come slamming in, and it just got replaced with pillows. <laughs> the logs are apparently uh, seated rides on, on uh, the Splash Mountain now. Who knew? <laughs> Crazy shit. It's, it's going crazy over here. So, uh, anyway, we also get the story at one point of how Hetna Kick, by himself, found Luke Skywalker in a crashed T-16 and, and saved him from Tusken Raiders. Because, uh, you know, he hit the button to sound the alarm. Yeah, he set off the car alarm in this T-16 that, was, that had crashed. And uh, that made all of the Tusken Raiders go, oh, fuck! It made the sound of the Crate Dragon, the greatest beast of all of Tatooine, which is... Yeah, that's what it did. That's how that. That's the the call of the crate dragon. That's it. That's how you know. That's how you know it's nearby. If you ever hear that, know that you are being stalked. <laughs> All right. So Hetna Kick once again. Now he's super pissed off. But he once again takes a smaller sand vehicle and limps it because it's falling apart well, in, yeah, into Mos Eisley. He trades all of his salvage rights because they were like, oh, we have the salvage rights to the sand crawler. And he's like, I will trade all of my goods, mm -hmm. stuff that would be mine for this salvage, if I can just get a shitty little like 
land speeder. Yeah, let me just get a little car. They'll get a little shit car. So they give him a little power wheel. And he's just like, pow, pow, power wheel. Now I'm driving for real. (laughs) (laughs) And he he limps that shitty thing into Mos Eisley. Yeah. Where he finds another Jawa who he sells it to. Yep. He's like, here, have this. I'm going to get, I don't know, some cash for it. Yeah. So he gets a little bit of cash. And now he's wandering around Mos Eisley. And he's starting to form a vision. But let's be clear here. He basically is turning into a a, a story a serial killer story. Oh, he's he's, he's basically to, gone full faces of death right now. Yeah, he's about to go do something that'll be on NBC later. He's like, I gotta go kill someone because injustices have been done. Oh yeah, I'm I am just a shitty movie with Bruce Willis out now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm falling down. I'm I'm here to enact vengeance against a random stormtrooper. I'm just going to shoot him in the head. That's my plan. They're all the same. <laughs> Every stormtrooper, exactly the same. Doesn't matter who attacked us. I'm just going to shoot him. Yeah. So he's wandering around trying to figure out his big plan to kill as many stormtroopers as possible before he is himself killed, thinking that if he gets this done, he'll become famous among the Jawas and will actually change the Jawas. Yeah, he's like, if I show that one Jawa can stand up and take down some stormtroopers then that will make it so that Jawas realize that they have power. Yeah. So, but his hands are too shaky and his mind is too clouded to accomplish this task. Yeah, he's he is naturally a scaredman and so he needs to get drunk as fuck. Yeah, he needs he needs some of that old Dutch courage. Some of that Marinzane courage, if you will. That Dutch courage? Isn't that a thing? I thought it was a, uh, those Dutch courage is what you call it when you drink booze for I, I always just heard it as liquid courage, but there you go. Sure. Listeners, Let's slam on the Dutch for listen, a bit. <laughs> how are we slamming on the Dutch for making fine alcoholic beverages? What we're saying is that the Dutch are cowards, the lot of them, unless they get the drink in them. Yeah, no, that's, that's, but that's canonically true of the Dutch. If you, were for, <laughs> if you were, for example, to try and take over a Dutch fort for its many fine trinkets and salvage wares, they would all retreat to a safe distance and watch. Oh, they would just whimper and show you their bellies uh, with yeah, the Dutch. That's, that's, I, I thought we knew that already. That's what we know about the Dutch. That's what we, a system mastery, know about the Dutch. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, no one's been making fun of the Jawas this whole time. And, and honestly, the, the Dutch are just the Jawas of Europe. Obviously. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so so he goes to the Mos Eisley Cantina and purchases himself a little drink. And, you know, because they're all based on smell, he gets pretty much just high off the smell of a drink. Yeah, so he's getting drunk off drink fumes and hanging around in a bit, way too big for him booth at this bar uh, when, when the whole Dr. Evazon and Ponda Baba show goes down. And he gets uh, a little meeting with our, our good new friend that we meet, Rejesk. Yeah. Rejesk Philbin. Yeah. Rejesk meets he- he- Hethy Lee. <laughs> Het Kick Lee. Hetna Lee. <laughs> Whatever we want to call But no, uh, so Rejesk is a Renat. Yeah, the Renat, uh, if you remember the like one second that you see him in the Moss Eisley Cantina, is he's a big fucking rat with like tusks. Yeah, and if you don't remember him from that, then maybe you remember him from the scene where uh, what's her face from where Golden he, Girls? Where he bites Wesley in the <laughs> swamp. <laughs> Rejesk in the in that movie, I don't think that exists. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he's also briefly in the in the uh, holiday special. Oh, is he? Yeah, there's a scene where Akmena, who is the what's her name from the Golden Girls, yeah. uh, character that she's the the bartender, yeah, uh, where she oh, is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's like stroking a ranat's head, and it's all like, Rawr. yeah. So 
So he actually makes his appearance in two different Star Wars films. There you go. And he's way bigger than you'd think he is. So much bigger than you would think he is. Yeah, you'd think he's a cute little rat man, but you're like, no, he's a giant fucking... He's, like he's the size of someone wearing a rat costume. Yeah, he's the size of an elephant wearing a rat costume. <laughs> <sighs> Rejesk is here, and he is like the rat version of a Jawa, because he's also just like, hey, buddy, you want to trade? I'm here to trade. Good trades be upon you. Yeah, he has the same formal trade greeting that Jawas do. Yeah. And and basically, they establish that the two of them keep to their own turf. Uh, Ranats stay in the cities. Uh, Jawas scour the sands. Yeah. And so, normally, uh, Hetton Kick wouldn't really care. Because he's like, look, I'm just here to like murder some stormtroopers. I don't really give a shit yeah. what your wares are. But he's super distracted. So oh, yeah, because... So well, of course he's super distracted. Because there's the fucking... Ponda Baba Evazon show going on. Yeah, so he's like, uh, uh, yeah, sure, fine, we'll trade, we'll trade. And he's literally just doing this with like a, a tenth of his brain. He's just like, uh, yeah, I know how to trade. No big deal, that's the thing I can do with my eyes closed. Oh, yeah, well, it's like, what do we do? Uh, first, we need to tell the, the stories of how we got our wares, and then we need to talk about how trading is great, and then we need to we subtly get our wares out to show them without trying to say that we're selling. They always try to information broker at each other before they actually bring out stuff they have for sale, too. They're like, I'll tell you a thing that, that most people don't know if you'll tell me a better thing most people don't know. Yeah. Jawas, so, Jawas just look like Danny DeVito under here. So he's just like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I don't really need to pay attention. Holy shit, a lightsaber? What the fuck is going on? Yeah, so now he's all kinds of excited. And he's like, oh, wait, that's the same dude who told me to kill stormtroopers. It's a sign. It's a sign that I should definitely start murdering. Yeah, and then, you know, after the fight, of course, as, as is canonically in the film, when Obi-Wan walks by the table with the Jawa and the Ranat, he's like, ooh, kill some stormtroopers. He's like, ooh. I hope you watched me cut that man's arm off. You know, violence solves everything, but especially murder. I'll be on my way now. Goodbye. It's not even murder if it's stormtroopers. I don't respect them. <laughs> the bureaucrats, Jetnikik. Jetnikik. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but uh, now he's completely convinced that he needs to go murder stormtroopers. When all of a sudden, the wares of one Rejesk the Ranat come into play... And he's got a cracked old stormtrooper helmet and some lengths of wire and whatever. But, oh boy, he has a Tusken Raider talisman that they use that they believe gives them the strength of a bantha. It's carved of bantha horn. Indeed. Ooh, and this is something he wants. Ooh, Jawa, do you know what that's worth? (laughs) (laughs) I hope not, because I'm going to try and swindle you. (laughs) So, uh, basically... Jetnikik, or I keep going to Jet, Hetnikik is completely obsessed with this Bantha battle talisman. He is completely into it. He needs it. And the problem is, he shows it. So the, the Ranat's like, oh, I got your shit now. Yeah. But Hetnikik's big, or Hetnikik's big plan is to basically say, uh, how about you just let me have it for the day? You know I'm good for it. I'll give you all the credits I have, and I'll pay you a huge amount and give you this fine gun in the morning. Yeah. Tomorrow, I will give you so much shit if you just give me that thing right now. Yeah. Uh, and he's so distracted that he even gives Rejesk the DL-44 gun. He's like, here, look at this cool gun I have. And the, and the rat man's like, ooh, a cool gun. Yeah, and he takes the talisman and is like, ooh, if I have this talisman, I'll have the courage I need to shoot a bunch of dudes in the face and kill them. Yeah, so the, uh, the rat at gives him back his gun and agrees to the trade. He will let him have the, the, uh, the talisman if he's rewarded with the gun and a bunch more credits in the morning the next day. Indeed. So our good friend Hettenkick goes and finds himself a nice perch up uh, above the city, 
looking down on the streets. And, when the night, when the lights go down on the city. Well, when the lights go down on my shitty. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> I'm hip to the music of today. The uh, He sees a, a group of stormtroopers coming. There's eight of them. Oh, eight stormtroopers. Ooh, and he's like, oh, man. That's I don't as many get to as just, four twos. I don't get to just kill one stormtrooper. I could kill a lot of stormtroopers, and that's what I want. <laughs> I want to murder as hard as possible. I want to kill stormtroopers. I want a bean feast. <laughs> <laughs> so Het and Kick steals himself. He has visions of glory in his mind. He's like... I might even be able to kill all eight of these motherfuckers and then live another day to continue my murder spree. Yes, I'll become a general of the Jawas. Soon, Jawas will rule and reign supreme. And as the stormtroopers turn the corner, he yells, he yells out an ululation, much like that of the sand people. He grabs hold of his blaster and his trinket, and he... Fires again and again and again. I like to think his ululation sounds exactly like the chipmunks from the chipmunk adventure movie singing the I, I, I song. Yeah, he jumps off of his perch and is like, I, 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 I like you very much. I, 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 I think you're grand. <laughs> yep, that's it. He jumps off of his perch, gets real racist, and then sh- starts shooting people with a blaster. End of chapter. Yeah. So then we get the Renat. And the Renat story is four pages long. Mm-hmm. I love the way that they have the Renat set up in this. It's not Kevin J. Anderson. No, it's Rebecca Moesta. Was like, okay, I'll do the Renat's part of this story. Sure, I can write four pages for you. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. And the Renat's like, ooh, people don't normally like us Renats. They don't think we're we're smart, but I'm smart, and I do good trades. I'm a good trader. Tradesman, I am good. Yes. yes. And I, I get an a, a advantage because the Empire has declared my species semi-sentient, so most people think they're taking advantage of me, but they're not. Ah, I always trade up. I always trade what I have for something I need. Oh, Rejesk is so smart. And he talks about how his trading system is that he won't trade away anything that's useful to his people, who are currently living underground in Tatooine and kind of hollowing out a little space for themselves. And they, boy, they need, like, some wires, which he has for their evaporator. And they also need a power system for that evaporator. Yeah, they're building an illegal moisture evaporator so that they no longer have to buy water from the moisture farmers. Yeah, so... He's like, I got to sell all these trade goods, and I love it. I love being a trade guy. I started today with nothing but rocks and string, and now look at me. I have a cracked stormtrooper helmet. I have a battle talisman. I, I, he apparently got some of this stuff just by selling information to some guy named Alima. Lieutenant Alima. So now we know who actually sold the information about Lieutenant Alima uh, to, to Lieutenant Alima, bleh, Lieutenant Alima about where Momon Adon was. Yes. So just this random fucking Renat Regesk was like, oh yeah, I'll tell you where this Ithorian lives. Anyway, can I have a helmet? <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Ooh, a cracked helmet. Yeah. I don't suppose you have a Bantha battle talisman. Indeed I do, little rat. Here, have this. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> it was me, Obi-Wan, the whole time. It was me, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I was the turkey all along. <laughs> uh, so he has had a very successful day of trading up his wares. He has a bunch of good stuff to bring back to his people. He even has the wires they need for the evaporator. He just needs a power supply. So he goes into the Mazaisley Cantina, mm-hmm. and he starts looking around. He's like, who can I trade with? Deveronian? No, nah, I don't have anything a Deveronian would want. I don't know. 
Maybe I could trade with one of these weird people. Nah, they don't have anything I want. Yeah. Ooh, fucking a Jawa. I love Jawas. I could trade with a Jawa. Anyone could trade with a Jawa. That shit's great. Yeah, they think they win in every deal where I actually try to make sure that the trade is beneficial to both parties. That's, I'm a good little rat man. I'm a, I'm a good trader because I want everyone to be happy. Jawas are little jerks, but I'll still trade with them because I'm great. I'm Rejesk. So Rejesk heads right over to the table and we get the same story from Reverse where he, he is actually dedicated to this whole process of being like... Oh, yeah, and he takes uh, Hett and Kick's distractedness to be like, ooh, he's a shrewd businessman. <laughs> he's so good at trading. He's, he's not giving away anything. And I can tell from his stink that he really wants this Bantha thing. Yeah, as soon as he brings out the little trinket, he's like, ooh, I've got him now. He definitely wants this. Yeah. So he agrees, he, he goes through this whole trade about the Bantha talisman and the blaster and all that stuff from the other perspective, and at the very end, he fondles the gun for a while and thinks to himself, I, I actually do know Hetna Kick, I, I trust him, I'll go ahead and make this trade. Yeah, he'll, he'll be back in the morning, uh, everything will be great, we'll do this, that's fine. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Head and Kick leaves, and he seems very driven about leaving. He's, like, super excited to leave and go finally do something with that talisman. But it doesn't matter to Rejesk. Rejesk is on his way home with a new power pack for that evaporator. All he did was take it for the moment out of that blaster that he got to hold for a couple of minutes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like a jaw was going to shoot anybody, and he promised him the blaster anyway. So he just took the power pack for now. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everyone's fine. So there you go. The twist ending of that is the Jawa actually jumped out and just clicked a blaster that does nothing while yelling <laughs> at some stormtroopers. And that's the story of the Renat. And the Renat just totally fucked over this poor Jawa. Yeah, but at least he has a little bit of payback coming his way because he'll never get that blaster now. Oh, no. <laughs> But he heads home to his people with the power supply for their moisture evaporator. Good for the, him. The Renats are building an increasing foothold here on the surface of Tatooine. Yay. So that is both of our chapters. That there. is both. Now, the next chapter is the Stormtrooper's Tale, so I'm kind of hoping that the story doesn't end. We, we get the exact same thing where a Stormtrooper comes around a corner and some fucking jaw is like, la, 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 I have no bullets. And he, they just kind of like look at him. What? What? Man, if he survives that, I'll be so happy. Also, one thing we didn't mention, uh, there is a scene in the in the chapter where Hetnikik is talking to the chiefs of the Jawas, and Kevin J. Anderson has to drop like ultra foreshadowing for a future chapter. Cause he's like, uh he's like, We should we should work better with the we, we don't have to fight. We can be friends with these these Tuscan Raiders. And he's like, Haha, you remind me of a human moisture farmer I know. He is obsessed with maps and wants to draw lines of peace between the different Jawas and the Tuscan Raiders and the humans. Oh, how silly. Ah, there certainly is a chapter in this book called Lines of Peace the Moisture Farmer's Tale. Anyway. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there you go. Thank you so much for listening. And we, of course, have bonus content for you if you are one of our supporters on Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Mm -hmm. If you are supporting us at the $2 or more level, you get access to our Expounded Universe bonus content. Jeff and I are going to go through Wikipedia and bring you... The tales of what's going on here. Yeah, the freshest, tastiest nugs of truth of the Star Wars Expanded Universe. We, we are going to find out what's really going on in here. We aren't just going to give you some surface level stuff. We dig deep. 
Yeah, we're going to tell you what Jawas fucking look like. We know. We're going to dig so deep, it'll put your ass to sleep. I promise that John knows exactly what Jawas look like and will tell you in detail. I promise. I promise. I can guarantee you anything you want. Yeah, I'll do it right now. (laughs) If you support us at the $10 level, I guarantee you'll become a millionaire. (laughs) It'll be unrelated, but it'll happen for sure. Don't you worry. (laughs) So... If you want to listen to that, or if you're subscribed at the $2 level, it also unlocks the uh, System Mastery bonus content. So if you want to do that, get all of our many, many shows that we do. You can go to patreon.com slash system mastery, support us there. You get a whole bunch of stuff, and it makes sure that we keep the lights on and Jeff's baby fed. And Yeah, feed my baby. I, I got to put, it's a complicated process. I take money from Patreon. I use it to buy bagels and pizza, which I stuff into my girlfriend. She converts it into milk for the baby. Just stuff it into her. <laughs> She's got an access port. Yeah, it's fine. I just open her up and blup. <laughs> so, She's like a Mr. Fusion from Back to the Future. Or a C2R4 in Star Wars terms. Yeah. That yeah. droid that eats Rodian legs and spits out Jawa, or Jabba juice. Yeah, that's it. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing sexy back. Oh, well, folks, one more thing. Uh, if you are attending Gen Con this year in August, uh, our table show where we're going to play a couple of games is currently sold out, but we are planning to add another one. But our live show, our very first ever System Mastery live show, we're going to review a Shadowrun game, uh, is, still has some seats available right there at Gen Con. I think they cost like four bucks. Uh, come out and see us for the first time ever live. Ever, ever. You'll be able to see what we look like. Ugh. You'll probably now be able to tell us apart vocally. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that'll be fun. We've got that coming up in August. And, uh, of course, anything else you want to do, you can go to our website, systemmasterypodcast.com. All of our stuff is there. You can also find us on all of the social medias, System Mastery, everywhere you want to look. We are systemmastery at gmail.com if you want to email us. If you want to tweet at us, we're System Mastery on Twitter, all that shit. And, uh, and so much more. And so, so much more. We are System Mastery on Friendster. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got a System Mastery on Bumble. I have a System Mastery GeoCities page. Yeah, we've got everything. I've got an Angel Fire yeah. System Mastery. System Mastery dot Angel Fire slash also Sailor Moon Trivia dot net. We've got a System Mastery web ring that you could be a part of. <laughs> a System Mastery BBS, if that's your deal. We've got an Expounded Universe BB-8. <laughs> that's what we call them now. Yeah, that's what they are now. Yeah. Yeah, stupid future. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. And of course, I have been... Elan Sleaze Bagano, and that has been Death Sticks, and we are in love. <laughs> <laughs>